Hallelujah. Come on. Give the Lord a hand of praise for mom. You see where Pastor T gets it from? All right, we're going to go back into this. Um, Luke chapter 4 from verse 1 to 4. I'll read it again to your hearing now. Uh, there's a Shona saying that says repetition is power. It's power and repetition. That's why you must study, study the word of God to show yourself approved. Not just read it once and go, but to meditate upon it daily. Because there's power in repetition. Let's, let, I'm going to read, read again to you. Luke chapter 4 verse 1 to 4. And Jesus being full of the Holy Holy Ghost returned from, the, from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, uh, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days, he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command the stone that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, I'm going to leave it there. I will, we will go through John, 30, uh, John 6, verse 30 to 35 as we go right along. Uh, this morning, we are beginning uh, what will become an 11 to 12-week series uh, called It's All About Bread. Can you say to your neighbor, neighbor, it's all about bread. Say, say it like they ate bread or you ate bread. Neighbor, it's all about bread. Uh, we're going to be working this for the next 11 to 12 weeks. Uh, but uh, maybe not 11 to 12 weeks, really. It could be half of that because um, um, we will be able to do that on Wednesday as well. We don't have to prolong it too long. Is that okay? That's okay. And so, um, but I was speaking to you uh, as the Spirit of the Lord shall guide. So have that. It's always about bread at the back of your spirit. But I want you to for today, pay attention to uh, the thought, bread of life. Is that okay? I told you earlier, before we went into the brother's testimony, that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. The reason why the world is at, is at odds with people of faith as it relates to the faith of Jesus Christ is we seldom show the evidence that back up the claims we make. Many of us are good at the cognitive dissonance where we say things that we don't really mean by our hands. We don't really mean by our actions. So we say things that we actually don't believe with our lives. But time has come and now is that we get to a place where we come into alignment with the claims we make as well as the evidence that backs it up. Because God is not like man. There is nothing God says. Uh, let me put it as the prophet puts it. The, uh, he, he is not a man that he should lie. God does not have a shadow of turning in him. So he does not make claims. God does not make claims. He's not in that business. Whatsoever God says, it is so. Because he speaks things that may not have existed before. Things that are not and they become because that's the nature of who he is. That is how he operates. That is the manner in which God operates. That's God's modest operandi. That's God's turf of operation, way of operation. If you hear God say a, a thing, how many of you have ever received a word from God? 
a word that says God is taking you somewhere. God is about to do this in your life. And if, if that word was from God, you may not have received it. You may have brushed it off. You may even have forgotten. But whenever God's word is spoken, God appoints means to bring it to pass. As God's word comes out, that's what it means when God says, I watch over my word to perform it. I put every means and measure in place to bring my word to pass. Because when he doesn't do that, it would, he would cease to be God. Okay. And now, we're living in a, well, this has been the edge-old question. It's the chicken and uh, the egg kind of conundrum that humanity has been trekking. The kind of life that we've been trekking is one of chasing bread. Going somewhere. We're chasing bread. We're pastors on the pulpit chasing bread. Worship leaders, worshipers, recording albums chasing bread. People on the job chasing bread. Trying to get a man chasing bread. Trying to get a woman chasing bread. Going somewhere with this. Everyone, everyone, doesn't matter, who, it doesn't matter how holy you think they are. They may wear the purple robe and the white collar and the triangle hat. It doesn't matter who they are. Everyone is chasing bread. The challenge we have today is many of us are actually busy chasing bread that we don't even know where we left God. We can't locate where we left God because we're busy. We're busy people. I mean, I have to feed my family. I have to take care of my children. I have to take care of my bills. I have to find a guy that can take care of me. I have to find somebody who's compatible with my needs. Trying to find bread. Chasing bread. And there are those who get to a point where they are able to harness the idea of catching bread. The idea of finding bread. Acquiring bread. But now because they are so good at it, they are now at a place where it's boring or it's mundane to chase bread. They're chasing butter. Because they're looking for something that will make their bread a little more appealing. But it's, all, it's still all about bread. Are you with me? Yes, are you here? Yes, sir. Yes. And those, there are those who have tasted all kinds of bread. Some of us grew up, if you saw where we grew up, you wouldn't believe that we're here. We grew up in a place where the bread... The, Maybe Malume would, uh, and mom maybe may, may testify of this. We grew up in a place where you'd have to put firewood together for a long time for it to get to a point where you can take the, 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 the coals. You have coals on the bottom. You, 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 you take millimil and just a little bit of flour to just bind that thing together. And a little bit of sugar and salt. And you put that thing together. No eggs, no milk. And you put that thing in a, in a pot. You take the lid of the pot, you turn it upside down. You put the rest of the coals on top to make bread. We call that chimpotohai. <laughs> the kind of bread that when you eat it, even if you are a noise, noisome person, a person that is so talkative, when you are done, you're just quiet. Because <laughs> it fills you to the point you can't even speak. So we come from a place where that's the kind of bread we knew. I always tell my people that I don't, I, I don't want to eat semp because semp was bread at some point. That you're eating semp as white as it is, with no, uh, with no soup or no gravy, nothing else. You're, you're putting a spoon in the plate of semp and drinking black tea. So semp is bread. We grew up in a place where if it's solid, it can be bread. doesn't matter what it is. Even rice 
Rice as plain as it is, with nothing, no gravy. It can be bread. So as we grow up, we get to a place where we're beginning to experience a bit of income. And we, we, we're eating Albany. <laughs> or we're waiting for the one that mom loves where they bake it now. And you take it home the way it is. You know, I remember, let me tell you a story quickly. I remember as a young man, maybe I was about five or six or seven. Um, and with, with, with my friends, we, we were coming from somewhere. I saw a... A, a the, 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 the cake holder, you know, the candy, candy cake holder. You know the, cup, uh, the cupcake holders? You remember the candy cake, the one that had uh, 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 pink cream on top? It was almost finished, but it was on the floor. I ate that. I ate that to the point of eating the paper because it was that good. I'd never eaten something like that. I promised myself as a young boy that when I grow up, this is the stuff I'm going to be eating. I will eat no bread. I'll only be eating this stuff. Because as we grow up, we find ourselves in a place where we now have an idea of bread. We have an idea of bread. I'm going somewhere with this. We have an idea of bread and we get to a place where I just want to upgrade. All I'm doing is working to upgrade the kind of bread I eat. I'm used to Albany. I'm trying something. I'm going somewhere with this, if you can bear with me. And some of us are in the business of identifying who is a potential breadwinner. Yeah, many, especially yeah. men of the cloth, are always looking for that. Can I potentially spot a breadwinner in case they might also provide bread? Hmm. And there are those who are in school right now, who are, 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 are young, and those who are of different ages, who are looking for opportunities to be breadwinners. It's all about bread. Yeah, I know. You're like, no, they're trying to get the next car. Let me tell you, at the bottom of that reason is bread. It's all about bread. Trying to get the next thing, the ne trying to upgrade to the next, next material thing, trying to get the next deal, trying to get the next job. Just p pursuing bread. What just differs is the type of bread based on income. Some is shaped in all kinds of ways. Some is made in a form. Some are seeking, I told you before. Some are looking. They are good. They are now skilled at identifying breadwinners. Because they are looking for a suitor. A man suitable to provide bread. Some polish their bread. Yeah. Have you seen when they make ads for bread? They, they spray that thing. So it's shiny. Some are polishing their bread because they want you to see the kind of bread they make. Perchance they may feel superior over you or they may seem attractive to you. Bring someone with this. Tasty bread, sweet bread. Leavened bread, unleavened bread. All kinds of bread. But then here we see Jesus at the inception of his great ministry, the ministry of our faith the ministry of reconciliation. He is full, well, let me put it in this context. He is the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He is the full indwelling of God in a man's flesh. God wrapped around flesh. Hmm? God himself wrapped around flesh. Now, God himself, who is in a human body, 
is full of the Holy Ghost. What kind of a God are we talking about? What kind of weight are we talking about? What kind of propensity or power are we talking about? He's returning from Jordan. And he is led by the Spirit into the wilderness. As I went into this, God began to show me that it is a tragedy to be in a wilderness you are not led. It's a tragedy to be in a wilderness you took yourself to. The children of Israel were in a wilderness. But thank God they didn't find themselves there by their own volition. Their own will and might. They took the longer route because they were following the pillar of cloud by day. And the pillar of fire by night. God says, I want to show you something. Walk with me. The reason why he's led this way is God is just showing you that I am who I said I was. And so he's led into the wilderness by the Spirit. And some of us have led ourselves into wildernesses looking for bread. Looking for opportunities. God spoke a thing concerning you and you want to go back. Dat and Korah. You don't like it here. You're in a wilderness. And God led you this way. And you don't like it this way. You don't like the way God is leading you. You don't like this way God is leading you. And like, I wish to go back. Where I was before is better. There was bread there. It's a tragedy to be led into a wilderness or to find yourself in a wilderness you're not led into by God. He was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. God wrapped around flesh, full of the Holy Ghost, led into the wilderness by the Spirit, and in verse 2, 40 days, tempted of the devil. And in those days, he ate nothing. You know, sometimes we read scripture in passing. We don't put it into full context to understand what the word of God is really saying. This is God in the flesh. Filled, I'm taking too long with this, with the Holy Spirit. He's led into the wilderness. And for 40 days, he is tempted. Did you see that at all? He was not tempted at the end. Did you see that, Malum? He was tempted for 40 days and he is fasting. For 40 days. God in the flesh, full of the Holy Spirit and his fasting. Oh, when we speak in a little tongue, we're done. We forget where we started from. We just want to flex that. That's why many of us only speak four, four or five syllables of tongues. A tongue is a language. A tongue is a language. Not just four or five syllables. That's why Paul could say, I can differentiate how many tongues I speak by how many vowels and syllables that are different in those, in those tongues. We, we catch a little something from God and we are gone. He is full of the Holy Spirit and he is in the desert, in the wilderness and he is tempted for 40 days and he's fasting. Can you, can you imagine God on a fast? Not, not, not the Daniel fast. <laughs> we're eating fruits in between. We're, eat, we're drinking juice. For 40 days, God in the flesh is eating nothing. And if God in the flesh, full of the Holy Spirit, can be tempted for 40 days in a wilderness, imagine, how can it be? 
First, I am God. I am full of the Holy Spirit. What am I doing in a desert, in a, in a wilderness? What am I doing in a wilderness? And afterwards, it says, when, when, when the days were ended, he was hungry. We always consider the temptation of the devil to be the questions he asked. Contended with the devil 40 days. At the end of the fast. What, remember remember when, when Moses comes down after 40 days in the presence of God? What happened to Moses when he came down? His countenance was shown. They had to cover it. They had to veil him. That's Moses. Imagine God. At the end of 40 days. How is God? At the end of 40 days, you just have the flu. Your child just gets bitten by something. You throw the baby with the bathwater. Throw off hands. Why me? Why God? At the end of this, he is then asked the question. If you be the son of God, brothers and sisters, it's easy to look at this without understanding the context. You must remember the man or this, this thing speaking here to God in the flesh was created by the one he's speaking to. It was created by the one he's speaking to. The cunning craftiness he carries himself with was created by the one he's speaking to. He knows full well this is God in the flesh. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. Father, Son, Spirit in one body. But at the end of the fast, he says, if you are really God, if you are really the Son of God, command the stones to be made bread. He was God enough to carry the fullness of God, but man enough to feel hungry. Because that is our connection to him. Because unless you can identify with the man, you cannot identify with the God. Can, unless you can identify with the child, you cannot identify with the man. And here's the crazy thing. The question and the prescription. The question may have been conniving, but the prescription is not. Because it is scriptural that you have the power to be able to turn stones to bread. You get tempted with women, with men, with alcohol. He was tempted with scripture. It, it sounds like a verse your father used to say, let's just go. And yet, in the moment, he responds by scripture. And Jesus answered him and said, it is written. Brothers and sisters, I want to submit to you that you are not allowed or qualified to say it is written unless you read it. Can I repeat that? You are not allowed or qualified to say it is written unless you read it. Because you don't know where it is. You're dealing with a species that knows where it is. And he's telling you it is written. The angels will catch you and he can give you book, chapter, and verse. And you say it's there somewhere in the Bible.
I want to move. And then Jesus says, um, it is written that men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Yes, I know. I know you've got contracts. I know you've got opportunities. I know you've got an opportunity for promotion and all that. I am in no way saying you should not be industrious because we have, we have grace for that. We have faith for that. We believe God for that. But here we find the crux of the matter where Jesus shows us that we don't live by bread alone. But by every word. I want to emphasize this. It's not some words. You know some words from the Lord. You've read some scriptures. But it says by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Can you get to a place, brothers and sisters, where you are searching and seeking for every word? I'm not going to move unless I hear that word. I'm not bending with you unless that word says so. If it does not agree with what the word says, what he says in his word, I'm not bending with you. I'm not supporting this. I'm not financing it. I'm not saying amen to it. Every word. It says man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Uh, as Jesus is quoting this, he's actually taking it from uh, Deuteronomy 8 verse 3. The reason why we went to John 6. Uh, where it says, and he humbled you and suffered you to hunger and fed you with manna which you knew not neither did your fathers know that he might make you know that man does not live by bread alone but by everywhere that proceeds from the mouth of God Father we are in the wilderness with over a million men we are not counting women we are not counting children with livestock, chariots horses and the, the elderly the maimed, the young, and you are leading us into a wilderness. We have no plan. We carried no supplies. All we have is gold. And nobody lives in the wilderness, in the desert, long enough or that is thriving enough for us to be able to fend or buy enough for the kind of crowd, the kind of people you are leading this way. God says, Suffer me your patience for a moment. I will show you that men cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I know you have departed. You have departed from what God said do. And you've given up and you've fallen into doubt. Yes, I'm talking to you. You've fallen into doubt and you're uh, um, uh, making excuses because now you're busy looking, searching for bread. Busy making bread. And for God and God said, follow me. The way may look like there's no bread in it. The way may look like there is nothing in it. There is no hope in it. It looks like a desert. But I'm the God that makes rivers and deserts. I turn desert sands into river sand. And wildernesses into highways. You don't know who you're dealing with. Open your, open your eyes and see that I've got more than bread for you. Okay. And then uh, let's move to John 6. And... Um, we, we, we approach John 6 from verse 30 up from a backdrop where the previous day, 5,000 men, not 5,000 men that are 20 upwards, because it did not count if you're, if you're under 20, and uh, not including under 20s, women and children, were fed by children's bread. Literally. I'm going somewhere. Jesus makes them to sit down. 
He has compassion on them. And he takes the five loaves and two fish. When they say five loaves, it's really the transliteration is bad. It's actually five slices, five chapatis. Took that and fed 5,000 men and women and children. And so it is noised abroad that this man is crazy. He does things that you do not expect. And we benefit for it when we are around him. So the following day with boats and ships, they cross over to the other side. They're searching for him. They're searching for the master. Many people are looking for Jesus. Many people are looking for Jesus. But if you sit them down and find what reason they're looking for Jesus, you'll be shocked. When they arrive, they say, Master, we didn't know you were here. When did you arrive here? As if they care about his ministry. Or they care about the business he has for this day. And uh, when uh, they got there and uh, he says, I know you're not here for me. You're here for bread. Because you ate bread yesterday. There are many people that serve God because of what God did. Not because of who God is. They said yes to Jesus, not for who Jesus is, but because of what Jesus does for them. And so every moment that you get, the little moments that you get to experience the supernatural are the moments you're here for. And once you receive the need, the present need that you have, you're gone. We can't depend on you. Nobody can depend on you. Because you're only here for what you can get. And so when Jesus said that they were filled with wrath, and then they said unto him, what sign can you show us that we may see? They still want to see something. If you can't see something, we're not going to follow you. What sign can you show us that we can see and believe? Show us a sign so we can believe. What kind of work do you do? What do you do? They were here yesterday. They ate bread, all of them from a lunchbox. And were full to the point that they had 12 baskets of leftovers. But today because he says, I'm not giving you the bread that you came for. Saying, show us a sign then that we may believe. And then they ask, what, what do you do? Because people who follow, when you follow Jesus for bread, you will always be confused about who he is. Because the purpose of your following is bread. And when there is no bread, you start to feel hunger pangs. And question whether he is really God or not. And find yourself bending with the one who tempted him. Asking, if you are really the son of God, show me a sign. You pray that prayer sometimes. If you are really God, prove yourself now. Because you deal only in bread. I'm going somewhere with this. And they say, we've got proof. Just like he had proof. Our fathers ate manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Who are you? You think you are better than our fathers. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not the bread from heaven. You saw it fall, but that was not it. Let me tell you something. The miraculous, the miraculous power of God is not God itself. 
That's why many people get confused and start worshiping prophets because they think the miracles themselves are God and forget that even false prophets can perform real miracles. You understand that? And God gives them manna because he is trying to tell them something greater than what's happening in the day. And if you cannot open your eyes to be able to, in your expressions and experiences with God, in your relationship with God, to see that every single interaction you have with God, God is trying to open your eyes. You think your eyes are open, but God is trying to open your eyes to see further than you've seen until now. And so he says, your Yes, you know it's written that he gave them bread from heaven. But I'm here to tell you, because I'm from heaven, I'm here to tell you that that's not bread from heaven. Because if it were bread from heaven, you would keep it. It would sustain you every day. That's why you find a lot of people who experience miracles. Big slide. They even forget. I'll tell you a story. Two stories. My father was in Kafue in Zambia, having a a crusade in Kafue in Zambia. And um, they erected a giant stage. They brought the, the, the man who was the current great gospel uh, singer at the time, Kapachi Kabanda, to sing in that crusade. And uh, it was a distance from a tavern. And as people thronged the place, they got to a point where prayer began to happen, where they were praying for people. They called an altar call. People were receiving Christ and those who were sick and all that. And there was a man who came from the bar with his hand like this, withered. And he got prayed for and his hand became straight. And the moment he saw that, he ran back to the tavern so he could show his friends. I went outside. I met people that prayed for me. Now I can hold the bottle better. Another testament, an elderly woman born blind walked past a crusade where I was, playing piano there. And when it was time for people to be prayed for, she came to the front. And, they, and their custom was to check, what do you need? Because I might make you receive Christ, you've received him already. What, why are you here? Tell me why you are here. And we pray towards that. And this lady says to one elder, I want to. To receive, I'm not leaving here until I receive my miracle. The elder said, this is not mine. Went to the pastor. Fundis, I think that one is yours. And the pastor came, prayed for the lady. At the end of the prayer, the lady says, I see something like a hand. But I'm not seeing it clearly. Prayed again. And she could see. Nobody took a name. It was two years later that a grandchild came looking. There was a crusade at the corner there. And my grandmother was prayed for there. And she received the side. I've been looking for this church since. There are people who are only bending with God for what they can get. They're only looking for an opportunity to just eat something. Give us something. Just, just a little taste. I just want to. I know the word of God says test and see that the Lord is good. But God is beyond a taste. The taste is okay. But a test is your way in. He says, yes, you ate bread. But I'm here to tell you that that's not the bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which came down from heaven. 
Let me tell you, brothers and sisters, the day you truly, fully give Jesus your appetite and say, I am yielding to you fully, it's from that day even your desire for bread will be quenched. Because he cannot share desire. When you fully find him, he cannot share you with bread. Because it cheapens him and equates him to, to bread. Do you get what I'm saying? It cheapens him to the point where he is at par with food for the belly. With what can satisfy you for today. That is why when you fully give God your yes, you begin to see all these things added to you. Because he has, he has no desire for you to be dissuaded by all these things. That's why Daniel, before he could pray, God sent an answer. It may have been caught up in heavenly places for 21 days, but before he even prayed, just him thinking, I'm going to pray later today, God sends an answer. Because he will not share you with the desire for bread. It says, for the bread of, of God is he which came down from heaven and gives life to the world. By us pursuing bread, we're looking for life. We think life is in our pantry. We panic when our pantry is not full or when our pantry is running low because all of our life is, is based off or, 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 or uh, 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 circumverting or uh, uh, going around what's in our pantry. Do I have enough in my account? Have you noticed a man who when his account is low, even his mood is low. He cannot even talk to his children. He cannot even look at you in the face. Because the thing that he thinks gives him life is running low. And Jesus proves to us that there is no treasure you can amass that does not get depreciated on this earth. He says, store up your treasures in heaven because there is something greater there that these things of this earth will become trivial. And he says, if you, if you get to this bread of God, it's the kind that gives life to the world. Then say they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Give us this bread. We, we want this bread that gives us life. And then he brings them to this point of encounter. They came to him with anticipation because they ate children's bread, a subject we'll talk about in a few weeks. And they experienced children's bread and were so happy. I bet it tasted good. And they brought friends and company. Let's go. He will give us bread. And he says, today I don't have children's bread. I have bread, the bread of life. Because when you can get to the bread of life, you yourself can administer children's bread. You won't need to knock on me for children's bread. Because you've gotten to, a, to the place where you are at the life force of life itself. And when they say, give us this bread, Jesus says unto them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. There's a decision you must make in 2022 to come. 
not to visit. Not to come on Sunday. Not to come when you get a gig. Not to come when you ask to pray for somebody. But he's saying, fully surrender and disappear in me until you, you wash away from the shore, until the shoreline fades from your eyes. He says, come to me. And you'll never hunger. He says, he that believes in me will never thirst. Then I want us to jump to verse 48. He repeats this. I said, I told you I don't need to elaborate on this. I am the bread of life. What bread are you searching for? What are you searching for? You came to Khaoteng. What are you searching for? What did you come here for? What are you looking for? I'm looking for greener pastures. <laughs> I'm looking for an opportunity. God says, I am your opportunity. I'm the grass that never runs dry, turns dry. Everything you need, you can find it here. Here's I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. You've experienced a miracle and you're dead. Many people have experienced miracles and they're dead. They, eat, they ate manna, did they not? It fell every morning, did it not? It was miraculous, was it not? But they died. She says, I'm trying to give you something beyond what can sustain you for a day. Remember the first day that manna fell? The very, very first day manna fell? When they tested it, and the reason why they called it manna, they were check, asking, what, what is this? And uh, it was so good that they began to store up for tomorrow. And they woke up the following morning and it, was, it had gone bad. And it is in that morning God gave instruction to Moses to tell them that you, you will not store up for tomorrow. God says to me that he wants you to have such a relationship with him that you are not depending on your experience with God from yesterday. You must wake up in the morning with an appetite for Jesus that is unlike the appetite you had yesterday. You wake up every day. You eat the same thing, the same brown thing every morning without reservation, without feeling bored. You wake up every morning desiring that same brown thing. God is saying, as much as you desire that, I want you to have a fresh desire for me every morning. To wake up like you have never experienced God. I saw something somewhere and it, it, it really challenged me. If the cross of Christ, if the life of Christ does not bring you to tears today, you might not know the life of Christ. So no, we're used now. God wants you to get a place where you remove the familiarity and say, Lord, I anticipate the morning. When you wake up in the morning, thank you for new mercies. Thank you for grace today. Thank you for mercy for the day. Expressing an appetite and a hunger for God like you have never had before. Then he continues in verse 50. This is the bread which came down from heaven. That a man may eat thereof and not die. It's the same disease we suffer from. When you go back to the very beginning of the book. Uh, you, you find a man and a woman plays in a garden with everything they need. Everything they need. They don't have to till it. They don't have to, they, they, they don't have to dress it. There's an irrigation system that waters it. 
They have to do, all they have to be is be present. And in the middle, he places two trees. One, the tree of good and evil, and one, the tree of life. And if you read it, it says, God commanded them of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat. But there's a tree of life that was not, there are no instructions. And when they get kicked out, God puts a revolving angel to guard the tree of life, lest men will eat of it and live forever. God puts something before us that would make us live forever. But every day we're choosing, no, I just want what I know. I want what I'm used to. I want what I can control. I want what I can see at the end of the month. I want to be able to plan ahead. I want, I want to be able to see the future. God says, why do you want to see the future when I, have, when I have everything in control? If you can get into me, come to me, and you will now be operating up under what I have in control. I hold tomorrow. I've said this to you. If God holds tomorrow and you are in God's hands, who holds tomorrow? If God has tomorrow in his hand and you are in his hand, who has tomorrow? And so he is the bread that was given to us, the bread of life, that if we eat of this bread, we will leave it. No, 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 no. We want to chase the paper. We want to chase what we can see. We want what we can get now. And he says, there's a tree of life here. You could have... He could, they could have chosen the tree of life. There was no instruction for that. You know, do you know that God designed us to live forever? Yes, sir. That's why he put the tree of life there. Yes, sir. And the one that we are commanded not to touch, that's the one we want. <laughs> we know all the scriptures. We know the instruction. But we're always going the other way. He says, I'm the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, I'm, I'm saying the same thing, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Jesus paints or brings this proposal and speaks about his flesh because he wants us to give our flesh. Because we are driven by the flesh. We've been following the flesh. We're delayed because we're busy with the flesh. We can't see what God has put in place for us because we are blinded by the flesh. If we can surrender fully to him and come to him, say, Lord, I'm ceasing to eat this. I'm now eating this, which is the bread of heaven, bread of life. I promise you, your life will change forever. The rooms that you walk in into where you negotiate deals will change forever. Because you're no longer negotiating like a man would. You're speaking, echoing the voice of God. When men hear you, they hear you like creatures hear their creator. Because you've come into a place of oneness with him. Um, let's jump to verse 54. He continues to say, whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me and I in him. When you fully come to say, Lord Jesus, I'm not just asking you to come into my life, I'm coming into your life. I'm seizing 
Torbury from the fence. You come into an indwelling of God where God begins to dwell in you and his attributes begin to get revealed in your life to the point where you begin to have the ability to harness the power of God. So much such that you don't walk into places. We keep saying this. You heard Pastor Tim Gregg say this. You can have it all. I know, I know. Uh, the faith we've been taught says, no, you must struggle. It's in, uh, right at the, at the top of your struggle. You're about to get a breakthrough. What kind of a God is that? You can have it all. Uh, I want to close with this. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your father, fathers did eat manna and are dead. Because he, he that eats of this bread shall live forever. You see, how many times did Jesus repeat this? He keeps repeating this. I'm trying to tell you something. I'm trying to tell you something. We need to move, brothers and sisters, and move from just identifying Jesus. Because all of us know. Everything I've said to you, you've known. We need to move from identifying Jesus. Look at the bread of life and sing about him. And talk about him. Post about him. And get to a place where we partake. Where we come into alignment, come into agreement. Because you cannot sit at his table while you're focused on something else. You cannot sit at his table while you are busy serving other tables. So he's inviting you to come. Yes, you identify him, you do well. But he's inviting you to come and sit with him. Please come, MK. He's inviting you to sit with him. Say, partake at the table. And as you partake, he says this, as you partake, you become one with me. It's only when you partake, you become one with me. And it is no longer you that live, but I in you. That's why it's, it would be easy for you to be at the end of a 40-day fast and say, men cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Because you're at a place where you are in, I want you to say this, proper proximity. Proper proximity. You're in a place where you're in proper pro proximity. Say that, proper proximity. You're in a place where you, know, you are in proper proximity with God. You're not feeling like God is far away. Where is God? You're in proper proximity with God. There is nothing that surprises God, and therefore there is nothing that surprises you. So God wants you to not only identify with the bread of life, but he wants you to partake of the bread of life. And not only partake of the bread of life, because as you partake, you become. And here's the crazy part. The purpose of us being here as believers is for us to be blessed so we can be broken, so that we can be given. I'll repeat it again because you didn't catch it. The purpose of believers is to get to a place where we fully become one with Christ so that we can be broken in order to be given. I'll qualify it just now. When he had taken the bread, he blessed it. I'm blessed and highly favored. If you are blessed, you're blessed to be broken. 
so you can be given. I'll qualify just now for you. When we talk about this breaking, many people, when they hear, people who are blessed, they suffer terrible breaking seasons. It's not talking about that. It's not talking about that. This breaking is not tearing apart. It's multiplication. God has blessed you so that you can be broken down into a community. So that Moses, your spirit can be put on seven men, 70 men. What, what God puts on you can be carried by 70. So that, so, so that breaking is not tearing apart. That breaking is multiplication. As he broke it, it multiplied. And the reason why you're suffering from want is because you don't know that the breaking of your life is where is the location where your multiplication resides. Until you're willing to be used by God to say, Lord, I'm fully available for you. I asked somebody yesterday, I said, if you fully gave God your full yes and said, God, I answer your call to go where you send me, would you, would you, would you get stranded for school fees? Because as God breaks you, what's happening as you minister in places, in colleges, in, in universities, and on the streets, wherever you minister, you are being broken. And many of us cannot experience the fullness of God because we're not willing to be broken. We want to stay in the familiar. And God is saying, come, I know you identify with me, come eat. But not only eat, but be ready to become. So that I can bless you and break you. When, when he says go into all the world, he is saying, I want to break you until the whole world is filled with you. When you look to the left and you look to the right, you're looking, to, you're looking at those who have experienced the breaking of the bread of life. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're called to do. It, does, it, does, it doesn't matter what you do. I don't care what you do. I don't care what you studied, what you're qualified to do, how, how busy you get sometimes. But in every area and fashion of work that, uh, and life that we, we lead, we are designed by God to be broken there. To, for God's bread, the bread of life to be experienced there. When it's broken, it's given. Imagine the life that you've wasted. Imagine the opportunities to be broken and given you've wasted. Because when they were crying for bread, you were also crying for bread. When they were complaining, you were also complaining. When they were lost, you were also feeling lost. time to, to stop following God for the belly. Say, so Lord, I'm here for more. I know it's always about bread, but for me, it's about the bread of life. So when somebody, the next time they invite you to partake in a project, what you must be looking for in there is, is there an opportunity to break bread? the bread of life. Do I get an opportunity to partake of the bread of life there? Or are we just singing and dancing and going home the same way we came? 
It's time to stop serving God for the belly. Or believing God just for your belly. It's time for us to say, Lord, bread of heaven. And we sing songs, songs that do not make sense. Bread of heaven, fill me till I want no more. And yet the earthly bread, you wake up, you anticipate it daily. Somebody said, it is only this kind of bread that when the more you eat of it, the more you want it. The reason why your appetite is warped as it relates to bread of life is because you seldom eat it. That's why you don't have an appetite for it. You eat it once when the preacher preaches, maybe. When you come across a video on social media, that's why you don't have an appetite for him. But you have to get to a place where you realize that, as Jesus says, men cannot live by bread alone, but by everywhere that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you eat three times. When you eat two times, you're shaky like this. When you don't have breakfast, you are shaken. You're grumpy. You're angry. You feel like you're about to die. Can you imagine how malnourished your body is, your, 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 your spirit is? When was the last time you really ate? For your spirit to really eat. Like, you know, I got saved in 1994. That time we used to be on fire for God. When was the last time you really sat at the table of the Lord? And eat of his body. We're talking about the wine and the bread, physical wine and bread. When was the last time you really communed with God? Not sing songs, but really sit there and say, Lord, I'm here, fully present. Can we stand? Can we stand? As much as you eat bread, no more bread. As a matter of fact, make it a rule. Before I can eat, not bless God bless our food, amen. Before I even go to the kitchen or go to fix myself something, let that be a reminder that my spirit comes first. I'd rather miss the meal, the earthly meal, and get a hold of the table of the Lord and partake of the bread of life. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. We're going to be moving with it. We're going to be moving with it and it's going to get good. It's going to get tough before it gets good. Because it's a lot we have to deal with. But Jesus is given for you and for me. How, how frustrating is it for a father to put life eternal right before us, freely given, and we are confused by what we actually have to buy because of what we actually have to buy. You are confused in your desire or in your, in your, in your, in your uh, stewardship to follow Christ because you want to confirm your bills. I've given you life itself, eternal. No, I'm, I'm caught up in the temporary. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We just need to lift up our hands and express our hunger for God. Say, Lord, I'm chasing. I'm desiring. 
I'm here for you. Open up your mouth. Don't wait for me. Open up your mouth and express your hunger for God this morning. Lord, we really need you. You said come, so we come into your presence. Come on, express yourself. Lift up, lift up your hunger in this place. The same energy you lift up when, you, when you're hungry for food. Lift up that energy. Come on, lift up that energy. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst of the righteousness, for they shall be filled. Lord, we are hungry for you. We are hungry for you. We're desperate for you, Lord. We're desperate for you. Come on, come on, come on. Reach out unto God right now. You're welcome into the presence of the Lord. You're welcome. You're welcome at the table of the Lord. Ah, you're welcome at the table of the Lord. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your open arms. We thank you. We thank you for bringing us back. We thank you. We thank you for putting every means and measure in place. Hey, we thank you for appointing means to give us such a word. We thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you, oh God. So Lord, we express our hunger for you. We are hungry for you, Lord.